Josh Tyler holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Physical Education and Health. He was a teacher and coach and spent many years wrestling at middle and high school level, along with being a Division I collegiate wrestler, a professional MMA fighter with 20 plus fights and holds a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. The external outcome, but what is the intrinsic outcome that you're getting here? And if that can become your guide, if it becomes impossible to fail because you're always learning how to improve upon that experience. He is the co-founder and co-owner of Savage Gentleman and host of the Savage Gentleman podcast and author of the Savage Gentleman blog. Josh was a cast member on Discovery Channel's Wilderness Survival TV show, Ultimate Ninja Challenge. I think guys cling to that so hard, so desperately, because in a weird way, just like, just go, don't think, just go. And it's like, well, then why were we given this thing between our ears if we weren't supposed to use it? Why were we given this thing in between our chests if we aren't supposed to feel? As a husband, father, fighter, and philosopher, Josh continues to explore and improve upon all aspects and encourages all men to do so as well. That's kind of been my guiding light of all. Something makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, there might be something here. Let me poke around a little bit and see what's giving me this. And I think most people invert that in the second something is uncomfortable. I'm out. No, thank you. Before we begin today's episode, I would really appreciate a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. This helps to get the message out there to men and therefore encourage and inspire them to level up their life. So without further ado, this is the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan. Thank you for tuning in. All right, Josh. So Savage Gentleman is is your brand. It's something you've developed, something you're currently running. And my first question to you is, when was there a time in your life where you weren't such a savage gentleman what did your life look like at that point and how did you begin to turn that around um you know it's kind of hard to remember back when i was like five uh i mean it, it, and and i know that sounds silly but you know thinking back to a time where i didn't kind of lives even if i didn't like have a way to describe it um you know this this balance of savage and gentleman. Um, I think when we when we're kids, you know, we have a wild side to us, right? And then I think at some point we we tend to unlearn that so that we can become uh, adaptable to modern society, right? Like you got to put clothes on, you can't just go pee outside whenever you want to. All of these things that you know are are no longer acceptable, and rightly so. And so we have to learn all that back. And so we adopt, you know, a more gentleman um, persona, right? So that we can fit in and go to school and, and you know, not get sent to the principal's office every day. And so I think there's kind of that ebb and flow. And, and I can remember being probably, I, I mean, I say five years old, five years old. It's probably around like maybe 10 or 11 years old for me. Um, something kind of clicked. And because I was a super laid back kid, um, kind of nerdy to to describe it as best as i can you know i was very curious about learning and, and all these things which again are great i didn't have a very cool presence and you know a lot of times some kids don't and i was i guess a late bloomer in that and so it was it was like peewee football where i was terrible i was a terrible athlete i couldn't run fast i couldn't do very many things well but i enjoyed being out there and my dad kind of encouraged me to explore that side and i'm glad that he did and there was one day where it just clicked, where I made contact with someone and playing tackle football, and it was like the the, the light bulb went off. And maybe it was a, just a very small, you know, TBI. I don't know what to attribute that with. But anyway, from that, there was this feeling of like uh, maybe empowerment of like, oh, I didn't that I could do that. Wow, that's a cool feeling. Like, man, I am I'm a force to be reckoned with. I'm not just existing on this field. I am like literally figure and figuratively making an impact. And from that, I'm like, okay, I like that. That I like that feeling. And so that kind of set me on this path of continuing to pursue that. And as I grew, you know, as a young man, I still was very active in, in um, 
my education and on the intellectual side. And so that savage and gentleman was cultivated from a very early age for me. And I've, you know, again, there's been an ebb and flow where I've kind of fallen out of one side or the other over time. But I think, you know, it's always been there and it's just, it, it, it took a while to really be able to, I guess, fully describe it and put it into terms, what it is, you know, what this experience is in this uh, constant pursuit of improving both sides has, has looked like over my life. Was your father a role model there in terms of becoming mm. this savage gentleman? Yeah, you know, not quite as refined. I, I think, you know, I don't know that he was in, as intentional on his gentleman's side. Certainly very savage. Um, you know, one of the toughest guys I know. I mean, the guy can can outwork anyone um, and just, you know, super hard-nosed, but but still very loving, caring individual and, and incredibly intelligent. Uh, the, and just has, you know, this ability to draw knowledge from the ether. And like, how do you remember all of this stuff? And I still, to this day, I don't know. And, you know, it wasn't as though he really leaned into that um but he created opportunities for me to pursue that even further so i mean he he was i think without knowing it inadvertently he did um kind of set that tone for you know what i would try to model myself in this pursuit of being a savage gentleman so do you think he identified certain weaknesses in you that he then encouraged you to turn those weaknesses to strength or that he actually identified a strength in you that he wanted uh, you to cultivate and grow from? I, I Yeah, you know, I think it, it's interesting and I'd have to have this conversation to see how much of it was actually intentional, disinstinctive. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times we can operate from a place where it's like, man, we just have good instincts and follow into stuff. And then other times it's like, okay, no, this is an active pursuit of a thing. And, I, and I'm not really sure if it was one or the other or both you know my dad had me when he was really young so it's hard to imagine at 19 years old really having a firm grasp on who you are i mean i just think about myself at 19 right knowing yourself well enough you know in the, the early 20s to be like super directional with with what you're doing and what you're trying to implement but i think again just intuition led him to kind of set things up in such a way that that gave me what I needed. I think that's really what it was, was, was pushing me in the areas that like, Hey buddy, um, maybe we should get you, you know, throwing a ball a little bit more and, and doing these things. Cause I don't know that that was my natural tendency. I could definitely see myself going, um, ha having gone a less physical route because again, as a, as a young boy, my income, I mean, love being outside. I love doing stuff, but like sports and, and competition was not my like dis natural disposition. That was a cultivated, learned thing, and you know it served me really well. So I think that was you know what I would guess something that he saw is like, yeah, you could probably use a little more of that, buddy. You know, um, versus on the other end, like my younger brother, like he was just piss and vinegar from day one. Like he probably could have used a little bit more. Like, hey, let's dial that back a little bit. Um, you, you know, and even to this day, and he'll tell you, he could probably use a little bit more refinement on the gentleman's side. Mm. So what do you take from those experiences with your father or even your experiences from your own youth and, you know, apply into your life as a father to your own kids? What have you taken from that? And what have you maybe left behind as well? Yeah. You know, I think, I think it's, it's tricky. Um, uh, being a dad is is probably the most important job that that any man can have, and and arguably one of the most difficult as well because every kid is different, every situation is different, diff different, ooh, different, <laughs> and it's difficult to really like create a one size fits all template for that. Right? There's so much nuance that man, we're all just kind of figuring it out. I don't know that anyone has it like a hundred percent nailed down and so for me i i just kind of look at the areas where i have recognized okay i could have used a little bit more guidance here or maybe a little bit less um intervention or or direction or whatever and and so i'm just doing my best to try and apply that to my kids um in the best way that i can i mean especially i can see in my daughter so much of me personality wise and 
I feel like we have done a good job for me. Like the pressure of competing was, was crushing uh, to the point where even through my, my professional fighting career, it was something that I really had to work on this, this fear of failure, this self doubt, this, you know, um, never living up to the expectation and, and kind of this perfectionist mentality, which I drive us to do great things. Um, but I think it can only take us so far. And where I found is like, okay, I'm, I'm bumping into the upper limit of how far this can take me. If I'm going to continue to improve beyond it, I need to find a way to step beyond that. And so, um, you know, I think, I think where my dad did a really good job is like showing me, okay, here are with the ways that you can get better. Right. Um, maybe sometimes a little bit that was necessary. And so that kind of colored my lens a little bit to always see things from the, maybe from a negative perspective. And so I've been really working hard um, with my wife as well for our daughter in particular, because she's very similar. She's very, you know, cerebral and analytical, and she really wants to do her best on everything and has that, has a very perfectionist tendency um, to like reframe the, the objectives where it's like, Hey, I don't care about your school gymnastics. Like that, that is not what, what matters. It is, you know, what were the improvements that you've made? You've got a nine, two or a nine, three or an eight, nine or whatever. Um, how much better have you improved over? And, and really, how do you feel about your performance? That's the thing to teach, right? Not the, not the su subjective, um, measurement, right? I mean, judging should be objective, but it's not, um, but not, not attending to the outcome, the external outcome, but what is the intrinsic outcome that you're getting here? And if that can become your guide, if that can, be the thing that you're pursuing, you can't lose. You know what I mean? You, you, you really can't, you, you, it, it, it becomes impossible to fail because you're always learning how to improve upon that experience. And, and, you know, really getting deep and into the weeds here. I think that's the whole purpose of this life is like, okay, what are the ways that we can continue to work to improve this experience that both we're having and then also sharing with others. Mm -hmm. I think having a daughter can soften you as a man. Mm -hmm. I mean that, I mean that in a good way. Oh man. In the best way, in the, in the absolute best way. I mean, I think kids in general will do that. Um, but I think there is something special about having a daughter and, and, and as our first child that, that really like kind of shifted perspective on a lot of things and then opened me up in a way that I didn't know was possible. And that kind of became the beginning of my path to really like learning to feel, um, and to feel deeply and profoundly. And again, as guys, we don't like to talk about that shit because it's, I mean, you know, fuck our feelings and all of these things. And you just, just got to go. And it's like, well, okay, but let's just walk back a second and, and take the toughest guy that you can think of. And let's talk about, um, a word that guys don't like to use. Let's talk about sensitivity and being sensitive. And it's like, nobody wants to be sensitive. That's bad. And it's like, well, hold on there. Um, if you are a marksman and you are, you know, manipulating a firearm, don't you perform better if you have a sensitivity to the to that trigger pull, right? Um, you know, a sensitivity to recoil management, right? And the more sensitive you are, aren't you going to be more accurate in that? And we can use archery as an example um, for a jujitsu practitioner. Sensitivity is huge, right? I need to be sensitivity to where that guy's weight is shifting and his balance and his intention and all of these things. And the more sensitive I become the the more dangerous I can be, right? In in fighting and in all of these things. So this idea of like being sensitive um to all these other areas, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, I can get behind that. Well then why would we not want to be sensitive to our own internal state, right? Which is another word of saying feelings, which again most dudes don't like to talk about. But I mean, there it is, there is an internal state that that occurs, you know, within my body, within my mind, and even within my spirit that most guys tend to just want to block out and they want to numb it or they want to ignore it so that they can just do the job, whatever that may be. And, and, and there is a time and a place for that, you know, where, where, yeah, man, you, you've just got to move forward. But the percentage of that that you're encountering in your life should hopefully be very small, unless you are like literally in 
constant peril of life or death. Like I get it. And I can't speak to this because I don't have the experience, but I've been in some hairy situations that I can maybe draw a decent comparison, I hope, and, and forgive me for the veterans out there if I am misspeaking. But, you know, unless you're in war, right, that is a time where, yes, you have got to just, you know, get the job done, right? Your life is on the line. You can't think about the gunshot wound that you just got. You can't think about all these other things. You just have to complete the mission. Like, Anything shy of that, and I don't think most of it, even even guys that are in the military, it's like, well, that's not every second of every day, right? You're not you're not on fire the entire time. So we have to be able to, okay, yes, we need that skill. That's important. But I think guys cling to that so hard, so desperately, because in a weird way, that's somehow safer, right? Or 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 easier to wrap our mind around of just like just go don't think just go and it's like well then why were we given this you know this thing between our ears if we weren't supposed to use it right and we and it could be up we can get spun out on and caught up but you know to and why were we given this thing in between our chest if we aren't supposed to feel right why do we have a heart and and why do these things exist they're very useful emotions are not a negative or bad thing we just have to develop the sensitivity and then understand how to utilize and manage them in a proper way yeah, it's the managing, isn't it? And mm -hmm. for a lot of men, they've got feelings, but they're just not in touch with it or they don't want to get in touch with it. But without understanding that those feelings are actually driving a lot of their behaviors and actions in life, albeit there could be very positive actions or behaviors. It could be channeling that into your workouts in the gym, could be channeling that into jiu-jitsu, could be channeling that into your work. But it's still uh, an underlying pain or an insecurity that's maybe influencing that. So yeah, did you find that in your own pursuit uh, throughout your own uh, professional fighting career? Like, what was what, what was the driver there, and has has that sort of shifted and changed as the years have gone by? I, I mean, in terms of this whole feelings thing, you know, it, it I get it. It's a hell of a lot easier to simplify things and just keep it in a very small container, right? Because, well, I I know what this is. And I can control it. I can manage it. I can just keep it right here. And, and what I found is like, okay, that is that is a way that you can go about life. But I don't think it's ideal because you're you're missing out on so much. And that's what I realized. And and you don't know what you don't know, right? You're 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 playing it safe in this very you know narrow window of of emotions that we will that we find acceptable, and we don't want to broaden that horizon because. You know, it, it, it's scary. It's uncomfortable. And that process is really uncomfortable. And I and I understand it because I've been through it. But to me, that's all the more reason to lean into it. You know, you have these guys that are like, I'm up for any challenge. I'm the baddest motherfucker. I could take whatever. And it's like, can you? You can't even sit alone in your thoughts for like 10 minutes because you have to have music playing or you got to be moving. You got to be running. You got to be doing this. You got to be doing that. It's like, well, okay, sure. You are tough in this amount, you know, in this capacity, but are, but how, but, but you're not willing to open up into all these other spaces that we are designed and created to have. And I think that it, you're missing out. And I found, um, it is a harder path, right? It's, it's a harder path because you're going to feel the highs way much more, which is amazing. Right. Um, but you're going to feel the lows a lot more acutely. And I think what most guys want to do is they want to have just a really like even flat line, you know, level keel basis. Right. And, or if, you know, maybe that sine wave is just like a, beep, beep, just a really small wave. Right. And to me, that's saying it's safe and I'm fuck that man, open up and let it rip. If you're really going to be you know, as badass as you think you are, then feel all of it as much as possible because you only we've only got a short amount of time and i feel like that's what we are here to do is to experience as much of this human existence as possible and we can't do that without feeling so for me to get back on track and answer your question i think that actually started with um with my marriage and my wife um who's an incredibly intelligent and perceptive individual who's really done a lot of work um, on her own self because she had a pretty rough upbringing and in that work you know she had to dive pretty deep and explore some shit and in that process found the value in it and so um was kind enough to 
impart that upon me um, and in in the most uncomfortable way where it's like man it got really rough I'm like i like you don't understand i talk about this i don't want to have this conversation she's like no fuck you were doing this and i'm like you are gonna make me so angry to have to like bring this out like i don't want to talk she's like fine let's do it and you would keep pushing was relentless and i'm like so help me i'm gonna absolutely lose my shit and it's gonna get ugly and she's like fine do it let's let's see where it goes and i mean she was like you know God bless her. She put up with a lot of my bullshit as a, you know, my, me just throwing tantrums, kicking and screaming the whole way. But at the end of it, she got me to a place where it's like, oh yeah, no, I can actually recognize feelings that extend beyond just rage. You know, like that was it. Like either I was happy, I was neutral or I was raged. And, and there's, there's, you know, I think, I think I heard somewhere that, that we, in the English language alone, we have about 300 words to describe different emotions and probably use like three of them, you know? Um, and not to say that you got to become a thesaurus and use all of them, but let's just, you know, recognize there's a range. There's a lot, there's degrees of stuff. And the better we can understand that language, the better we can understand ourselves and the better we can navigate the world around us. So that's kind of where it started. And then through fighting, through um, adventuring, exploring, doing its survival stuff, um, really diving deep into into some other arenas um helped me kind of con start to draw that out and, and set on a path to continue to find find out about myself through experience is really really what it all amounts to what was the lowest point of that journey for you man i think probably there was a few low spots within that and i don't know if i can really this point looking back say one of them was worse than the other i can tell you they all stemmed around my athletic career um and it, and it came from just crushing defeat or some huge you know setback and you know i the the first one i think really happened during my collegiate wrestling career um i had dislocated my shoulder my sophomore year and that kind of colored the rest of my career and, and i really Really got to the place where I wanted to get in it. Um, and by my senior year, it got to the point where I couldn't even make the starting lineup because my shoulder was just completely trashed. And so, you know, surgery was on the books. I was going to finish out that season and was just in a bad spot, was was in a spot in a place where I'm like, I'm kind of done with this. There's no point in me being here. And I talked to my coach, um, Lee Pritz, just, you know, really, really big impact in my life because he... He said to me something and it's stuck with me ever since I, I came to him and I said, man, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm not worth a shit. I can't make the starting lineup. I can barely like even practice with these guys. You know, this shoulder is so jacked up. Um, you know, I, I would be better just picking up a part-time job to kind of pay for my school and that sort of thing. Um, I, I think I'm just done for the year. And he's like, man, I have seen this time and time again. And I can promise you that if you quit now, you will regret it for the rest of your life. I have yet to have, he's like, you're not the first person to be in this situation. You probably won't be the last. I've had so many athletes be in your shoes and come with the same thing, same situation, or sometimes worse. And every single one that has quit has come back later in life to tell me that was the biggest mistake and the biggest regret that they've ever had. He said, because the thing is, is once you start to quit, it becomes easier and easier. It becomes a habit. Right. When you give up, when you quit, um, you open that door and it's really hard to close. He's like, so, you know, yeah, this is hard. This is really challenging. And so you give up. And then later on, I well, what happens, you know, when your job gets really hard and work because your career is really difficult? What are you you're just going to quit on that? What about when your marriage gets really tough and that you're just going to quit on that, too? And so it cascades. He's like, my advice is to never start quitting. Never give yourself that opening. And that's not to say that, like you know, do something and die, right? And kill yourself trying to, you know, max bench press a weight, right? I'm not going to quit on this weight, even though it's burying me. Like, that's different. I'm, I'm saying like the, the you know, intentional, this, uh, there's a difference between failing at something. Like, okay, I gave it all and uh, it didn't work out. And just saying, nope, I give up, I'm done, right? Those are very psychologically very different things. And so that was huge. Um, but in that moment, you know, I was, I, it was pretty low. And I'd say after my surgery, when I couldn't really do anything and I had all these, 
you know, unfulfilled dreams in my athletic career. I didn't, you know, I didn't become an All-American. I didn't do all these things that I wanted to do in college wrestling. That was hard. That was a tough pit to swallow, build a swallow because I didn't have much direction. And that was where I actually ended up finding mixed martial arts. Um, and, and, and once my shoulder had healed up or actually probably before I shut <laughs> earlier than I did, I started pursuing that. Um, and, and, you know, that kind of turned it around for me. But prior to that, man, I was in a really dark spot. And then over the course of my fight career, there was a few key moments where something that I had put so much emphasis on that I knew this was the thing. This was the thing that was going to vault me into the next level. And if this happens, then, man, all my dreams are going to come true and, and my life is going to be perfect in whatever attachment that I have built around it. And when those things didn't, man, man, that hurt. It was it was really rough. And it, and it would take me a while to get out of that because, you know, my, my entire earth was shattered. And so, yeah, those were probably the worst. But I realized, you know, one, all of those setbacks um were super necessary for me becoming who i am today so if i were to look back and like hey would you trade that would you trade that loss for a win if you could win that fight and i'm like man as much as i'd like to add another you know take that loss off my record and put it in the w column and you know and i won a lot more than i lost too but it's just like you hate losing any i mean even one loss is too many in my opinion but if i if i look back it's like well would i be where i'm at right now if i could change that you know and I don't know that I would. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can thank the losses. Mm -hmm. Was there uh, an influence there that got you through those difficult times in your life? Like, did you do that? Did you go through that process on your own when you when you were in your low spots, your dark places? Or was there someone there to guide you towards a better life again? Yeah. You know, I think, I mean, the, the big support in, in those moments um after my, I mean, I mean, through the through the college phase, that was kind of that was probably the most alone. Even though I had fr I had friends that had helped me, but I didn't really let them in enough to know. So they were they were probably unbeknownst to them, kind of my saving grace. Um, because you know, again, I wasn't in a space where I'm I'm not gonna tell anybody where I'm at right now. Like I'm letting these guys how much I'm hurting and how much pain I'm in, you know, and it wasn't something that I felt really comfortable talking to anyone, um, more so just out of sense of pride. Not that I didn't have the support. I'm sure I could have had that conversation a number of, of people and they would have been happy to, to extend a hand and help them. But, but my pride, I think prevented me of saying like, oh man, there's something really wrong here. Like I'm in a really dark spot. Like I, I just, I, I don't think that I could ever at that point, admit it to anyone out loud. And so that that was kind of a, a solo journey. And then, you know, in the harder parts during my fight career and and throughout, I was fortunate enough to have my wife along along the ride there. And and we were in a place where I could be pretty honest with her, um, as as hard as that was at times. And she was super supportive, but I think she also recognized that like she couldn't she couldn't I had and I take fix. I, it was that I had to do on my own. Like she could be there, but like, this was a journey that, that I'm going to have to dive into, you know, there's nothing that she can say or do that's going to change the way that I feel about myself. And that was really what it kind of boiled down to was, uh, I mean, a, a lack of self-love and a lack of self-worth. You know what I mean? Like I had become so um, inextricably tied to who I was with my career, right? That again, every loss made me a loser. Like, wow, I'm a loser until I, until I have another fight that I can win. I suck, you know, like, man, I'm just a bum beat by this guy. And sometimes, you know, like it was a worthy adversary. And sometimes, you know, there was, there was at least one guy for sure that I had no business getting. It was actually my very first loss. Like, like if you were to look at this guy, you'd be like, this dude couldn't bust a grape in a food fight. Right. Um, except for the one time that he did where he just closed his eyes and threw a haymaker and I walked right into it and just, you know, starched me, looked up on the canvas. That was in up until that point, I was undefeated. I was 10 and 0, had not lost a single fight. And then this guy who was not super great. And, and I can say that objectively, right. Looking at all this fights, he, 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 he beat me. And I was like, well, there goes my undefeated record. 
that's man, what do we do? Where do we go from here? Um, yeah. and so I had attached, you know, I, I had attached myself to that so strongly real, not realizing like how, how transient and superfluous all this stuff is. But again, when you're in the middle of it, you can't see the forest through that trees. This, this is the thing. Cause it's right here in front of your face and you can't, you know, especially when you're younger too, it's hard to project 10 years in the future to see where you're going to be. I mean, I can think as a high school wrestler losing a match and it's the end of the world. And now I look at it and it's like, well, man, my, none of those matches that I won or lost as a kid have any bearing on how much food I have in my mouth now. Like it's not affecting my bank account. It's not changing my relationship, you know, but when you, when you look at it, it's like, okay, well, this is absolutely the most important thing. And that's not to say that nothing matters in your life and don't give a shit or whatever, but it's also having, being able to find some perspective on stuff and like being able to put it in the context of the big scheme of things, which again, I think is hard to do when you're 15, 16 years old or whatever. Um, so going back, so my wife was instrumental and then, you know, I had some really good friends that I am still very close to. I mean, I had, I had training partners on my fight team that really helped. And then I got uh, connected with some folks who um, really like opened my eyes to some things that I just didn't even know existed in the world. Um, and they take a very holistic approach to health and wellness and and so Mark Twight and and Michael Blevins and his wife Arid have a entity that they call nonprofit, but it's uh, with a PH instead of an F. And and they do so it's interesting. Um, and and they do a lot of work. I mean, it's it it's very much body, mind, spirit. But they tend to use the vehicle of health and fitness to kind of get people there. Um, but it, but it really opened to my eye, opened my eyes to what's possible in terms of like human growth and development. And so I think, I think spending time and learning from them really helped me to kind of work through a lot of that stuff. So again, to, I mean, to answer your question, to say that I did it by myself, you know, just a army of one is, is not true. Like I absolutely had people in my sphere, either knowingly or unknowingly, Helping carry me along. So, what are us as men missing or lacking today that we need? I think it's. I think it is that connection to self because I think that's where it starts, right? Like, I think we need to. If I had to build it, right? It's like, well, how can you love someone else if you don't love yourself, right? And how can you love yourself if you don't know yourself, right? So the first part of that is like, all right, we've got to, we've got to get really as, as uncomfortable as it may be. We've got to really like search within and figure out who the fuck we are and who we're supposed to be, um, who we were meant to be, who we were designed and created to be. And when you can find that and you can accept that and you can embrace that, then the possibilities are endless, right? Because now you have your purpose, you have an understanding, you have some direction of where to go. And so you don't have to operate in this you know, in this fear-based mentality of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. Right. I think that's, I think that's where a lot of guys get hung up. Right. And this idea of Sabbath gentleman is, is really, is, is a pathway of stepping into the fullness of that by cultivating both your savage and your gentleman side. And, you know, it's, it's catchy to say it that way. Right. But really what you're doing is like, well, if I'm actually introspective enough to look at myself and say, oh, you know, I, to like figure out my gentleman side and work on that more, right? And then just continue evaluating that. Well, what you may not realize you're doing is you were learning who you are. You are finding out more about yourself. Um, and in that process of knowing yourself and improving yourself, to know something is to love it, right? Um, and so then that creates the opportunity for all this other stuff to fall into place, which I think is the actual purpose. I mean, um, I, I, I wrote something the other day where, you know, we, we have to have other people in our lives because that they serve as the mirror and the reflection of our truest self. Right. So again, this whole thing isn't, isn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying know yourself because you're the only one and it's this very egocentric mentality. It's like, I'm only knowing myself enough so that I can have an honest interaction with other people 
And then through that, I can learn even more about myself and it becomes reciprocal, right? Um, and, and that's kind of the whole point of it is that we interact and we do this experience so that we can share that with other people. Because if we were just on this planet by ourselves, man, it would be pretty shitty. Um, but I think a lot of guys, you know, have found themselves content or, or you know, to operate under the false belief. They're like, yeah, I don't need anybody. I can do this by myself. You know, I got this. I'm tough. I'm whatever. And it's like, yeah, man, there's a reason why the, the highest form of punishment we can give a human being on this earth. What is that? What do we do? Worst, worst thing. Isolation. Yeah. Solitary confinement. What do we do to the, 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 you're in, you're already in prison, which is bad. You're isolated from, you know, the outside community. And then if you mess up enough in there, what do we do? We put you in solitary confinement. So what does that tell you about the human condition, right? And how important connection with other people and being around other people is, right? I mean, to me, it's pretty self-evident. You know, and then if we could carry that out a step further and it's like, well, beyond solitary confinement, if we really want to punish somebody, we super remove them from everybody by like wiping them off the face of the earth, you know, and now you're super, you know, now you're definitely removed. Right. Um, so working that backwards, it's like, okay, well, man, we need to do this thing called life with other people. So how do we go about that in the most meaningful way? Do we do it by making our 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 interaction as small and meaningless as possible because again the way we 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 impart meaning and interact meaningfully is through feeling right and through emotion we don't just you know we don't just robotically bump into each other in life right that's not an interaction the way we interact with others is through our feeling through this you know this very difficult to describe um, metaphysical uh, interaction, right? And again, you can attribute that to what how you can describe it however you want to, right? But you can't quantify it. You can't you can't feel it. You well, sorry, you can't touch it, but you can feel it. You can't see it, but you know it, right? Um, so it so it must be there. But you know, we want to be able to hold it and quantify it and weigh it and count it. But that's not really the currency of of existence, in my opinion, right? The, the real currency, the real wealth that anyone can have is the relationship with others and, and how profoundly they can feel amongst themselves. You know, unfortunately... Our, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, unfortunately, like our society has placed... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's incentivized the wrong, wrong things, right? Like, yes, resources are important and, and currency and, and money are a way to, to exchange that, but we have, we have prioritized that above all else and to the exclusion of all else. And it's like, yeah, no, that's, that's great. It's very convenient to not have to like, you know, give you one sixty fourth of a cow for, you know, a loaf of bread or whatever change rate works out, right? Yeah. Having something physical tangible that we agree upon is awesome but more importantly the the exchange of ideas the exchange of feeling the exchange of love um from one human to to another is the most valuable thing the exchange of our time to spend and have experience with one another is the most powerful thing um and yet that's tends to be the first thing that we eliminate in the pursuit of finance and it's in the pursuit of other resources yeah. What are some of the strategies then that you did apply or you do apply in your life today to maintain that level of connection and wholesomeness? Uh, a lot of drugs. No. <laughs> Maybe it was, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, and truthfully, not to be, you know, I mean, I, I, I've been kind of ambiguous on this, but I mean, you know, for me, my, my, however you want to phrase it, psychedelic journey, plant medicine journey, whatever has been very helpful. And, and and I don't think that's where you start. Like, I don't think you just come right out of the gate and you say, okay, here, do that. I think there's a lot of work that needs to go into the front end before you go down that path. I mean, I, I think that, that, you know, it's not necessarily for everyone where they're at, but it is a very useful tool, but it is just a tool and it's not the only tool. And I think, you know, people can find that it's so powerful and profound that they get, again, they get stuck in that thing. And it's like, well, the, the, 
the tool isn't the answer. Again, it's yeah. just it's just it's just a tool to arrive at the answer. Um, it's, just, it's just giving you information that's not available to you to then use and implement and improve on. It's it creates an experience and experience perspective, right? And so it's just another experience is the way I look at it. I mean, you can have that experience in a number of ways. You can go climb a mountain. You can go fast for three days. You can you can sit and pray and meditate. You can, there's any number of ways to create, you can do an ultra marathon and, and you know, run for however many miles straight. Um, all of these are, are experiences and they're going to um, bring you some newfound perspective. And the more, of those you can have. And I think the greater variety, the more perspective you can, you can gain. And that, that's kind of have, has been the path for me is being really open to opportunities that come along. Um, and, and being really, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, it sounds really hard and, and okay. Yeah. Let's try that. You know, and that, that's been my guiding thing is like, all right, is it, is it easy? Um, okay. No, all right. Now you've got me all right, I'm interested. Is it, is it, uh, something that, that, that is going to challenge me in a, in a novel way? Okay, cool. Let's, let's, let's try and let's see, you know, and there's certain things and I'm just like, yeah, I don't need to do that again. That's, that's, that's enough. And then there's another, like, okay, that I can see the utility in this practice or in this endeavor or whatever. And so I'm going to continue pursue that and and i think for each individual again having the sensitivity uh to, to know themselves well enough um to pursue that helps and then and then you know kind of along the same lines but maybe running adjacent to that is is kind of a a, a very open um spiritual connection you know where where that that came a little bit later in life and again i, I have to thank my wife for Kind of, we you know we grew up as believers. Um, you know, we went we went to church and that sort of thing. And then as we got older, we kind of fell out of it. You know, with sports and everything. And it, it wasn't something that really like super appealed to me through most of my college years until I started dating my wife. And it's like, well, I mean, if you're going to church on Sunday, and I might as well go with you because I want to hang out. And so anyway, she kind of wrote me into it. And and again experience i had this really strong experience one day that like that i felt and i was like ow what is this like i don't you know it was uncomfortable and so i because it was uncomfortable i had to lean into it further and so that kind of set me down this path again that's kind of been my guiding light of like something makes me uncomfortable i'm like oh there might be something here let me poke around a little bit and see what, what what's giving me this and i think most people invert that in the second something is uncomfortable i'm out no thank you um and again i'm within reason right like there's certain stuff that that just doesn't make sense i'm not telling you to go just put your hand on the stove yeah that's really uncomfortable don't you know what i mean like you're like there has to be some logic and reason to to your actions don't just do shit you know um bang your head into a cinder block wall because it's difficult like that doesn't mean that it's good but if everything else passes the, sn the sniff test and it makes you uncomfortable, then you have to ask yourself, why? What is it about this thing? And so that led me down this pursuit and, and you know, kind of developing, you know, my further developing my relationship with God. And, and, and you know, I've, I've kind of checked that against um, some of the other activities that I've been doing and, and, and have found that it's only really enhanced that relationship and that experience. And I don't know how spiritual or woo woo you were planning on going with this today. And if they you tend to steer clear of that, just, just, I know, just go with it, go with it, go with it. Man. Um, but, but I mean, it's something that, that has really shown up in a profound way for me. And I would be remiss if I, if I were to sidestep that, you know what I mean? Because I think it is important. I'm not, you know, again, it's, it's a, it's a holistic thing. I'm not saying like, okay, we'll just start going to church and everything will, will work out. I mean, it's a good start and it's a good place to start, but you know, again, it, it, I think it comes more so for asking questions, asking yourself questions and then creating experiences for yourself to allow you to better answer those questions. Because the only way we're, we can solve something is by gaining enough perspective to look at it from different angles, right? If I'm, if I'm looking at something through only one dimension, right? Like if I draw a line on a piece of paper, 
Well, I I, I know I know its length, right? If that becomes a two dimensional, right? Oh, there's a width to it. Okay, well now I know now I have more information about this, right? If I can look at it and peer it from another angle, and now if I have if I can look at it from a third dimension, oh, now it has length and width and depth. Oh, okay, this is this is actually you know a, a thing here. It's not just it's not just a, a singular line. Like it has all of these perspectives. Now I know what this thing is. And now as I gain more perspective and I can look, well, now I know what's inside of it. And I know, oh, this is useful for this. I can do. And so you continue to build the model, right? But the only way we can do that is to and enhance our field of vision in the things that we're looking at. And we don't do that by just sitting on our ass, um, sitting at a screen or, or, you know, living vicariously through other peer, other people. We have to go out and have that experience of, um, and that that's really the whole premise of where we're taking, you know, the business side of, of Savage Gentlemen with our with our Legion is, okay, we've got to get out and do. We can't just exist as an e-com store. We can't just exist as a blog or a podcast. Um, we can't just exist as an online community with the League of Savage Gentlemen. Like, we got to get face-to-face with guys and we got to actually start doing some real shit if we want anything to happen in the world around us. I'm in. How do I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i mean ooh, good question really i would just say kind of follow follow what we're doing i mean the, the the first step would be getting into the league on our on our close facebook group i mean i think that's the easiest thing that's where the most aggregate of information would live is is there i mean you know signing up for the email we, we put out information there um honestly you know, I'm not trying to get anything from anybody. I, I, I'm trying to give information. So, you know, you could just as easily for, for people that are interested, like, man, shoot me a, a DM, shoot me a message, you know, on our, on our Savage Element page, personal page, whatever, just, just reach out and say, Hey man, I heard, heard you talking about some stuff that, you know, some of it might've been a little weird, but some of it also kind of resonated and, you know, we'll, we'll see where, where, where you're at and where to go from there. I mean, that's probably the best advice. I'm not a great salesman. I'm realizing, um, I should have a better. Sales yeah. Well, pitch for this thing. yeah, you don't need to sell man. You just, you've got the, <laughs> you, you've got the, the hardness and you've got the looks and you've got the charm and all of that, man. Um, yeah. So you sell it as your own. Um, so the, thank you. What does it actually entail? Like how, what happens with these men when they're in your, presence or you take them away um into the wilderness or whatever it is you do and how hard do you actually push them like what happens there you know it's it's really interesting and i don't know when this is going to air um relative to to this first event that we're putting on and i've uh, this is our first like official event but this is this the thesis behind it's something that i've put into practice through coaching just through general life experience with their guys in the world um and it's it's something that is is man it's just proven to be effective again getting guys out of their comfort zone right getting them um to look at problems from a different perspective and so i i don't want to give too much away on the front end and then pull back the curtains you know um but but really the the activity itself doesn't actually matter um it's interesting if you look at if you go back and you look at the uh, the book Fight Club, um, and and the author talks about kind of the the genesis of that story, and he's like, I chose Fight Club um, as the model, but it didn't have to be fighting. It literally could have been anything. It could have been the barn raising club. It could have been whatever. It just needed to be an activity that that wasn't easy. Right, that 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 had some physical component. It has some consequence to it, right? Some gravity, um, but it could literally be anything, and that's kind of the process here. But but where the magic happens is when you get guys active in a in a group, um, and they're they're working towards a common goal, and they're sharing in some hardship, um, and they learn something about themselves. They become more self-sufficient in any kind of way, whether that's I learn to 
fight and defend myself better. I learned how to build a fire and survive better. I learned how to negotiate a business deal better. What Whatever that translates to, um, there, there's some skill building that's horrible into everyday or at least like, serves as a good model or analogy. There's magic that happens right there and you can see. And this is what, this is like the thing that, that really like gives me such a passion is is watching that process in real time in seeing when a guy comes to the understanding of what he's capable of and 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 that realization of who he is created to be um and 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 when guys can realize that they've always been that it's always been there they just didn't know it um that's it yeah. that's it and but the problem is you can't you can't tell anyone that you have to show them um, and I know how profound that realization was for myself. It changed my whole life. When I, when I realized that I am exactly who I'm supposed to be and I was made to be this person and all I have to do is show up and be me. Oh my gosh. Well, shit, I can do that. I can, I've been doing that my whole life. You know, I can be me harder than anyone on the planet. You're telling me all I got to do is just keep being me. Um, done. Yeah. Right. But and imagine how, and this man, this this thought again, thinking about this upcoming event, and I'll be really raw and really honest with you, um, because I don't know that I've shared this with anyone yet, but I was thinking about visualizing this this experience and just having these guys who I haven't met yet. At this point, we hadn't even started the application process. We've got we've got it almost filled up now. We've got I think we're down four slots left. Um, we've got four spaces available at this point so it's it's you know we're almost full we limited it to 12 right so because i just want to keep a really close-knit thing so hadn't even started we don't have the first person sign up but i'm just envisioning talking to these guys and being able to give them that gift of knowing that who they are is who they're supposed to be and it, and, and it brought me to tears like i i was like i i wept like joyously of like that's the greatest thing that you could ever bestow upon anybody and like how how fortunate i am to be in a position where i can give that gift to someone else because someone was able to give that gift to me and made that sacrifice and took that time to do that for me and it's it, it was amazing it was amazing so that you know to explain in a nutshell um, what it is we're doing in, in various terms, you know, it was like, so what are you guys doing? You know, what are you going to be doing out there? And I'm like that we're going to be doing that. Um, you know, again, that doesn't really give much of an itinerary, but what, what the experience has created to, um, build an environment for that to happen. Mm. That's, that's the intention behind it. And if I can do that for, even just one guy while we're out here, then that's a huge success. But in talking with these guys, I think, you know, I I'm, I'm so excited for all of them, you know, and I think everyone will have different degrees, you know, I mean, it's a learning process for me as well. Right. It's like someone who's facilitating this. It's like, okay, well, I'm sure there are ways to get certain individuals to that place. Um, they're going to work better for this guy than that guy. And so this will be a, a learning process for me. I'm not saying that I'm like some fucking magical wizard that I can just like wave a wand and give these guys and give, give people this, you know, this total, you know, self actualization. Right. Um, but that's my goal. That's what I'm aiming for. And I have enough experience to feel confident that, that I can, you know, I can take a pretty good stab at it, you know? Um, so yeah, anyway, yeah. You, you've uh, you've gained, and now it's time to give. So, brilliant, man. And uh, yeah, so where can the good men of the pod, of this podcast reach out to you or check in with the type of work you do and potentially work with you at some point? Where's the best place yeah. to reach? Yeah, so the website is savagegentlemanman.com. Um, our Instagram is Facebook, and Facebook is at savagegentlemanofficial.com. Um, and then my personal stuff is just at Josh Tyler MMA. Uh, that's my Instagram and, and, and Facebook there. And that's probably the easiest way to, to just jump in and get, um, get, get in the, in the, in the, in the circle, in the sphere. Right. Um, and then from there, see where it takes you. If it resonates, 
you know, if, if, if you, if you poke around, you're like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I like what this guy's, you know, like maybe this is the, this is the testing the waters. You're like, all right, that's interesting. Um, you go a little bit deeper and, you know, maybe you find that there's even more and you, you continue to pursue. Right. Or maybe you're like, I don't know. This guy's a weird cauliflower ear bearded, <laughs> you know, goofball. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't have time for that. And that's fine too. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, there's, there's different voices for different ears. Right. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of other really brilliant guys that are on a similar mission. Um, and to me that, that just, have a different voice and maybe have a different approach that resonates. And so um, really the thing that I can encourage just keep going, keep asking the questions um, and, and keep, keep just being honest with yourself and, and, and checking in and making sure that, that like where you're at is where you want to be. And if not, well then move, you know, and this isn't, it, it's not, it, this is the hard part, right? And this is the thing that I think we all get hung up on is this weird, dichotomy as you can tell i work a lot in dichotomy with savage and gentlemen like opposing um forces but there is a tension between this idea of knowing that i am exactly who i am meant to be and created for this singular purpose right and yes. at the same time understanding well there's still more that can be done right it's like well we can run down this never-ending rabbit hole of self-improvement for the sake of improvement well i just got to get better i got to get better got to get better got to get better i'm never going to be good enough and that's not fruitful, right? And then this also this this other end of the spectrum where we just sit and we're just this, you know, we're a tree because we're just so perfect in our being that we don't have to move and be anywhere because I'm just so at peace with all around me. And that's I don't know that that's great either. Right? I think I think I think um, the sweet spot is somewhere in the margins, right? It's in that liminal space mm -hmm. between the two. Right. Where, where, where we where we live in that tension. Right. We're not fully on one side or fully on the other. And with savage gentlemen. Right. I'm not fully on the savage side and I'm not on on the on the gentleman because I, I feel like that's static. Right. We want to be dynamic. We want those opposing forces of magnet to be, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, pushing and pulling and and you know what I mean? Um, yeah, like that. Not like, just yeah on on polar opposites. Yeah, yeah. Be savage, but also be a gentleman. You know, mm -hmm. don't 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 swing too far to to one side. I find that yeah. balance between both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and and understanding that that balance, the idea of balance is is again kind of a myth, right? This idea, this idea of arrival, like okay, we got to the place, did it right, and this is where guys get get kind of chinged up along the ways. And I don't know, and you've probably seen it yourself. It's like, man, well, I, you know, I got the wife, I got the kids, I got the house, I got the job, I got the car. I checked all the boxes. Why am I still miserable? I did all the things, right? I, I, I'm here. I should be happy now. Why am I not happy? Well, because it's not a destination. Happiness is not a place to, to get to. It's just a state of being, right? So this idea of arrival, right? So I, I something that I wrote recently um, one of my, one of my most recent posts is talking about this objective on the horizon, right? It's not like, okay, I have to get to this fixed point. I have a heading that I'm going to walk towards, but just like a horizon, it never ends. It continues, right? So when I get to the point that I'm shooting for, I gaze out in the distance and I recognize, oh, there's, I can still continue. I can keep going in this direction, right? I, there's more to be had. And so I keep going and it's to discourage anyone to say like, well, shit, if I'm never going to get there, there's no point, right? It's like, no, that should be encouraging. It's like, no matter how far you go, the, the possibilities are limitless. Like until you're, until you're done and they put your ass in the ground, like there's still shit you can be doing to improve and enhance this experience we call life. And that's amazing. It's like, you know, but, but again, we just have to reframe our mindset as to like, okay, I don't have to just get to this point um, that I, I need an aim point. I need a goal. Right. But I know that there's that I can't see it until I get to the top of that hill and look over the horizon. What's that going to be? I don't know. Exciting. Right. Um, and that should be hopefully like very empowering instead of like defeated. Um, and if it is defeatist, then I would say, all right, man, you got to really start doing some some looking within to say, all right, why 
why does this bother me so much? You know, and, and am I really honest with who I am? And, and because you, you should love that guy, right? If you don't know who that guy is, find out who that guy is. Um, cause you're going to like him once you realize, you know, and once you can accept, truly accept, and this is the hard part, and this is the part that takes someone else to show you, um, that that guy is important and he has value. Uh, you need that mirror to reflect that on you, right? And we, there's no better mirror than another human being or other human beings be that reflection. So that's, if, if there was any kind of secret, right? Um, it would be that is, is to find, you know, that true self and then be able to see it reflected, um, back upon you through others. Or else you take a look in the mirror and realize that what you see is not ideal in terms of the type of people that are in your life. You need to yeah. get out of that struggle. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, again, it's it's very informative, right? But again, it comes from like, we got to ask the questions. If we're just to exist, you know, nothing's going to change unless something changes, right? And that change starts starts with you. You have to make a decision. You have to take that first step. Um, even if it's in the wrong direction, fuck it. You know, some one step is better than no steps. If you're not, if you don't like where you're at. I mean, if you're happy where you're at, far be it for me to, to tell you to do a damn thing, keep doing what you're doing. You know, if it's working for you, keep it up. Um, but you know, also recognize, and, and this is something I've had to realize, like, man, I've been in a good spot and it's been really easy to just, and, and, and I've enjoyed it. Like, you know what? I don't have to do anything right now. So I'm not going to force myself to go beyond, but I know at some point this isn't static. This is, this is going to change and then to be ready for that change. Right. So, so it's crazy. And I'll wrap this up. Cause I'm sure you got other shit you got to do. Um, all good, man. <laughs> but you know, before this event, before I was like, really like convicted to put this event on, um, and, and the pieces started falling into place. I was, I was in a very, very comfortable spot in my life. And, and prior to that, it would have made me uncomfortable to be comfortable. I, I, I would have been like very at odds with myself um, because I, I wasn't doing enough and I'm not grinding hard enough and I'm not making things happen. And um, younger me would have just probably, you know, self-sabotaged and completely destroyed myself in some way in, in, in an aimless ambition for more, right? Um, the pursuit of more. But I, but I knew, I was like, you know what? This this isn't going to be like this forever. Let me enjoy this season while it's here. Let me, let me take this time. That's a little bit slower and, and lean into some things that I know that I may not be able to into my relationship with my wife and my kids. And let me dive into some things and explore some stuff that, you know, I may not get to chance. And because I know it's some, at some point, something's going to come along and probably disrupt this. And, and when that comes, I'm ready for it and I'm okay with it. And, and sure enough, man, boom, just like, just like that, all of a sudden it's like, man, I have, I have put in more hours and more time and more energy into this thing than I probably have into anything, um, else in my life. Um, probably including even my fighting career, right? Like as much. And if you, if you were around me during that time, you knew that that, that was like my priority above all else and to the detriment of some other things. And like, this is even more profound than that. I just now have the tools to do it in a much healthier way. But it's it's you know, it's like you can be productive when around the right things. But if you don't have that thing, then you know, don't spin your wheels needlessly. Right? Find find something to put that energy into that's productive and useful, even if that means like maybe maybe less taking a season. I mean, hell, even the trees take take a year off, take half a year off, right? You know, I mean, again, this idea of seasons are, is a very real thing. And, you know, some, some, some folks would, would, would argue that that's a bad, um, mentality to have, you know, of the, I think David Goggins would agree with, with ever taking a break for any reason whatsoever. Um, and if you want to be David Goggins, then they better follow his advice and do what he does. Um, I would just, I would just say that not everyone can be that guy. And I don't know if, if the world needs, you know, Another goggles. Multiples of the same. No, no. I mean, I know. I think him himself is great. Like, yeah, sure. We need that guy. I need, I need to see what it looks like for a guy to push himself to the breaking point. Cause for me, I need to know, okay, that's too far. I don't need to be that guy. Good for him. You know, I'm glad that that's working for him and he's inspired a lot of individuals and hats off to him for that. Um, but, but again, I would, I would 
tell anyone else too. like, Hey, don't, don't follow me. Um, don't do the shit that I've done necessarily. Uh, because I mean, I, I wouldn't follow advise it following me through a buffet line. Like, cause you may not like the results. Like it may not, you know, <laughs> you might not get the meal that you were hoping for if you're eating all the same shit that I'm eating. Right. So, um, but that doesn't mean that you can't learn from my experience and that, that, you know, you can't take those lessons and apply them to your life in some way. So that's, that's kind of my, I don't know the, the way I look at that. Um, mm -hmm. find, find it, find it for yourself and, and, you know, take that time wherever you're at. And, and again, if you need to move, move, if you don't need to move, well, that's fine too, but no, at some point you probably will. And just be in a space where you're ready to, to receive that signal and, and do something with it. Jump right in. Nice one, man. Love this conversation with you. And <laughs> I, again, uh, just remind us where to find you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you, sorry, you got me really fired up here and I've ran That's off. It's good, man. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Squirrels. Um, so yeah, uh, savagegentleman.com and at Josh Tyler MMA are going to be your best bets for that. Um, you can find us on all social media things and uh, we go get after there, it, man. Yeah. yeah. Thank cool. you, Josh. This has been a pleasure. Yeah, likewise, man. Really appreciate you having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Warrior Podcast. If this episode has added value to your life, please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight, information and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight. <laughs>